I got to tell you, uh, I haven't really done a lot of speaking over the year, in the past few years, and, and uh, I feel like a Bible school student today. Oh, and you know what that's about, don't you? I mean, Owen gets a chance to speak and, and, uh, and, and minister. Uh, but when you're a Bible school student, you know, you always seem nervous. And, and today, I don't know, it's that Bible school moment for me. And, you know, I have been praying, God, use this old donkey <laughs> to proclaim the Word of God, to change hearts and lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege to just come into your house, for the privilege to look into your word. I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay to proclaim uh, what you have given to me in my heart today. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Could you turn this down just a little bit? How's that? That's better. Thank you. So I hope you brought your lunch. <laughs> no, don't worry. I, I have it segregated, so there, there, there's only 25 pages and not. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, I, I, I love to tell stories. Uh, I love to tell biblical stories. I love to tell uh, the things that we learned in Sunday school. So if I said to you, David, what would be the first thing that comes to mind? Goliath. Goliath. So uh, for those of you that said Goliath, God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. You already know the story. The rest of you can stay. <laughs> but I, I, there are characters in the Bible that, that I just come back to again and again. Uh, in fact, the, the last two or three messages that I have been blessed to, to minister here uh, was uh, a about Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel. And I use the exact same passage, I think, two or three times. Uh, you can build on these guys because there's just so much in their lives and so much that goes on. And as you read them again and again, God begins to bring new things to light. Uh, I will tell you that uh, as I've been praying and asking God about this morning, God has showed me in my spirit, and I can't get away from it, Brian. Just can't get away from it. I can't get away from the fact that there's fear in the camp. There's Some of you say, oh, I'm not afraid of anything. You may not be. But what I'm saying this morning is God has shown me in my spirit that there is fear in the camp. And I'd like to be able to at least maybe bring some encouragement to you this morning. Uh, let's turn to Samuel, or 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, how many bring a paper Bible anymore? <laughs> Not many. Uh, most of us had this foolish thing. How many have your electronic Bible with you this morning? Oh. So, so let me, <laughs> the holy phone, <laughs> let me encourage you. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's paper or on, the, on, on your uh, phone or what have you. Let me encourage you. Bring the Word of God with you. Put it in your hands. You're going to see in a little bit that, uh, that it's important. Not the phone. But uh, let, let's make sure I get to the right. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not as adept at this as, as a lot of the young people are. Uh, 
There we go. There. The Word of God. Come with the Word of God in your hand. Let me tell you, it's a tool. And it's a weapon. Amen? Amen. So, Samuel... Second, I mean, First Samuel chapter 17, it says, Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered in Sokoth, uh, which belongs to Judah. Get this particular verse, and what it says here. It says, They were gathered uh, in a land that belonged to Judah. They were coming in, to take the land. Listen, if you allow the enemy, the enemy will take land that belongs to you. If you allow him, the enemy will come in and he'll set up camp on an area in your life that belongs to you. That it belongs to the, the God of the universe. It belongs to him. It doesn't belong to the enemy. But if you allow him, they'll come in. And it depends upon what you do with that. It says that Samuel... Uh, and the, the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah. And they drew up uh, for battle lines against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on uh, the mountain on one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side of the valley, which was, and the valley was between them. Verse 4, And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose weight was six, or height was six cubits and a span. Now, a cubit, uh, we really don't know what a cubit is. Uh, some of you older people remember, um, and, and I know the guy is, 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 uh, is, is a, a dirt bag, to put it politely, uh, but, uh, but you remember uh, Bill Cosby? And, and, and he talked about the cubits. <laughs> What's a cubit? <laughs> well, a cubit... Is, is actually from the tip of the finger to the elbow. And for most men, it's a, about 18 inches. And a span would be the span of a man's hand from the tip of his thumb to the tip of his small finger. And so if you measure that out, it, figure it out in, in simple terms, it runs anywhere from 8 to 11 feet. So, uh, I mean, this is a big man, a scary man. And it, People say, oh, giants, do we believe in giants? Are there giants? Well, let me tell you, uh, not just the Bible. No, let me tell you today, there are gentlemen out there that, that stand at great uh, height. There was a man that was born in uh, eight, uh, 1918. Uh, his name was Robert Waldo, and he was 8 feet 11 inches tall. That's in our generation or some of our generations. <laughs> well, not quite. I guess uh, anybody born in, uh, in, well, this guy would have been alive uh, probably when a lot of us were, uh, us older gentlemen. I, I, I turned 70 ye uh, yesterday, so I'm counting myself amongst the, 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 more, the more seniors. <laughs> the more seniors. Uh, listen, if I don't get through this and I feel, and I'm looking like I'm rushing, uh, um, please bear with me. Uh, You'll get to lunch at some point or other. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of material. I told, I told uh, Gail this morning, I said, Gail, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Please pray because I have two hours worth of material that I need to cram into three. 
I, no, 30 minutes. Or, so, so I'm going to try to cram all of this in here. If we don't, we'll have to make it a two-part series. I'll have to talk to Pastor Freddie about coming back another time and finishing it up. But anyway, so... Uh, uh, and then there, even in today, I mean right now, there's a, a gentleman by the name of Yao Ming. Anybody know who he is? He's a basketball player. And he is seven foot nine inches tall. I knew a man, his name was, uh, was Garrett Lair. He passed away here uh, four or five years ago. Uh, great man of God, loved him. In fact, uh, uh, most of the people up around Concord knew who he was because he always dressed uh, in, a, in a, an early... Um, Say again, Patriots, yes, hat and uniform and the whole thing, and, and presented the gospel up at the State House in, in Concord. Um, Garrett was six foot 11, and a monster of a man. I loved him to death, but when I talked to him, uh, if he was here, I had to back up to here because looking like this, after a while, it begins to get to you. I mean, he was a big man, uh, but I can't begin to imagine eight foot 11 or or nine foot tall. I just can't imagine that. But I know that it happens. So um, anyway, we, it's, it's not just a story. It's not just a story. These are real people. I mean, David and Goliath. They, they, it's, it's historical. I mean, you can go back through the historical records. You can go back through the biblical records. These guys weren't just a character to tell a story about. They were real people. Well, he was so big, and when he came down, he had a, a bronze uh, armor, a bronze helmet uh, to place on his head. He had um, an armor, a mail coat, which was little chain link type of things that we put on. And this chain coat or mail coat uh, weighed about uh, 5,000 shekels, it said, uh, which is about 125 pounds. Can you, can you imagine that? Listen, I, I lugged pellets all winter long. That 40-pound bag of pellets just about done me in. Uh, and that's not dragging them clear from where I had them stored. I mean, I would get my, my uh, cart and lug them to the house and load them in. Now, Justin will tell you. There he is. Justin would, I would throw them on the steps, and Justin would take them into the house. But I would lug them from there to the pellet stove. And by the time I would get done, my tongue would be hanging out. You know, I can't imagine wearing something that, that weighed 125 pounds to go into battle. But that was, just, that was just the coat. That didn't count the bronze helmet and the, and the bronze uh, uh, arm protection and the bronze leg protection. This guy uh, uh, wore a, a huge amount of weight, and he carried it uh, with ease, I'm sure. And so it said that uh, he carried a spear, that the shaft was the size of a weaver's beam. Uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't, you know, this little javelin, although he did carry a brass javelin. But it was, it was something that was probably more in the lines of this. That was his spear. And it said it had a 15-pound iron spear tip on it. Can you imagine picking up a, 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 a sledgehammer and throwing it like that? I'd, I'd hit myself on the foot. Um, but anyway, this guy was huge. And he came out before the army of Israel, and he stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, uh, verse 8, uh, why have you come out to draw up a battle line? I am not, or am I not a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Uh, I, get this, he said, are you not servants? He didn't even recognize them as the mighty army of God. He just said, are you servants of Saul, the king? Uh, they were more than just servants of Saul, the king. They were the army of the living God. And uh, said, 
Choose a man yourself and let him come down to me. Uh, if he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. Lie, 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 lie. Uh, this is, the, this is a, a lie that begins this whole thing. It says, but if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our uh, servants and serve us. Verse 10, and the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man uh, that I may fight, or that we may fight together. And when Saul had all, said all of this, uh, he heard the words of the Philistines, or they heard the, let me start again. And when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed with great and greatly afraid. This word dismayed in, in the Hebrew means they lost courage. So they've gathered together to fight a war. Uh, the Philistines have come in to take land that didn't belong to them. The Israelis gathered to take back or to keep the land that belonged to them. And the first thing that happens is Goliath comes out seven, eight, nine feet, however big he was, bigger than everybody else, and said, send someone out to fight. And what happened immediately they feared not just Israel, but Saul was afraid. Number one, the enemy will always play on your fears. Whatever it takes to bring you down, whatever it takes to discourage you, the enemy is going to bring that before you. Uh, and so uh, we need to remember that First, uh, first Timothy Chapter 1 and verse 7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, we need not to stand in fear. There's fear in the camp, but we need to grab a hold of the, of the word that's in our hands. We need to grab a hold of what God has given us as a tool and say, This is the word of God. It stands real now and forever. Amen? And stand on that. He's given us what? Power, love, and a sound mind. And Isaiah chapter 8 has a, a wonderful verse in, in verse 12. Uh, I won't read the whole verse, but I like the ending of the verse. It says, don't fear what they fear. Don't let it terrify you. Stand on the Word of God when fear comes into your life and say, I'm not going to fear what the world fears. We could be afraid. I have been, you know, almost frazzled over watching uh, the market go up and down. You know, when some of us get a little older, we, we hopefully put a little money away and, and put it into a place that will make us a little money so that, that uh, we're not eating, uh, you know, uh, peanut butter and crackers or the neighborhood cats or dog. No. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. Uh, <laughs> but, man, I tell you, I've, I've watched the market go up and down and watched my finances go up and down, and, and there are times that, that I can't tell you that I haven't stood and trembled because of what's going on. I've watched what's happened in the political parties and watched what's going on now. And I'm not a political guy. Please don't get me, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not a political guy. I, I'm the, the Lord's guy. I'm more concerned about seeing one person saved than I am one person elected. Period. 
End of conversation. If you want to have a conversation as to who you think the best person is or the right person is, uh, uh, have it with somebody that wants to have. Don't come to me to have it because, because I'm more concerned about one person coming to the Lord than I am as to who is, is, is in office. Uh, God will take care of that. In fact, this, the scripture is, is, is quite clear that, uh, that what does God turns the heart of the king. God establishes the authorities in the land. Do we like them? Are they right always? Uh, that's between you and God. That's between God, God and, and, and the, who he's established. So that's God's hand. But that's, that's my uh, end of my political as far as any of that goes. Um, so, but it can cause fear in a man's heart. If we allow it, there are things that, that bring fear. Uh, there's fear in the camp, folks. There's fear in the camp. And it doesn't have to be money or, or political. It can be uh, emotional. It can be whether uh, uh, we're going to be able to continue to pay for the house that we have lived in for years and years. Or it's going to be whether my child is going to be healthy and well. Or whether my child is going to know who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Uh, there's fear in the camp. We'll skip over a few verses from there to verse 16 because right in the middle of it, we're seeing that it just basically gives a rundown of David and who his father was and some of what Jesse wanted David to do. But there was a battle going on, and David had three brothers that was in this battle. Now, now get well, we'll get there. This battle is going on, and Saul, I mean, Jesse decides to send uh, David to, to bring some, some cheese and crackers, really, you know, kind of deal to, to the battle to, for, his, for his brothers and, and, and maybe some for the others. And, uh, but in the middle of that, it talks, uh, verse 16, it says, For 40 days the Philistines came forward, or the Philistine came forward and took his stand morning and evening. Now, this guy that, that just made this proclamation, you know, uh, uh, you send the, somebody out to, to beat me or to fight with me, and if I kill him, then you're my servant. If you kill me, then, then they're your servants. Uh, this guy um, here comes out every day and makes the same proclamation, not just once, but twice a day. So 40 days, figure that out. Let's do math here. Okay? Remember the old-fashioned math where two and two is four? For two times... 40 is 80. 80 times the army of Israel has heard this guy come out. I mean, uh, once a day they would gather up. It said they would gather and draw battle lines. They'd go down and, and into the valley and they would look at one another and they would probably shout nasty names or curses or, you know, mean things. Uh, he hurt my feelings, Brian. How dare he? I'm going to go and get that guy. I'm going to take the sword in my hand. I'm going after him. But what happens? They just stand there and growl at one another until uh, the Philistine comes out, makes his proclamation, and everybody runs away in fear. Eighty days. I mean, 80 times. Can you imagine that? How many would take that much uh, belittling from, from one person? At one point... At least as a man, I would hope that, uh, that after that, you would at least stand up for yourself and say, I'm not taking it anymore, Carl. You're smaller than I am. I'm not taking it anymore, Carl. I'm coming to get you, boy. <laughs> but this happened day and night for 40 days. 
So verse 20, David arose early in the morning after receiving his commission from his father, and he left the sheep. David was a sheep herder. He, he had a, a dual role. He, he tended the sheep. And what else did he do? Anybody know what else he did besides tend sheep at this point? Say again. He was a musician. He wrote wonderful, wonderful songs. In fact, we sing some of them today uh, from the Psalms in, in, our, in, in our worship at times. And he, but it, he wrote them especially for Saul. Saul was a troubled man. Saul had some emotional problems, and the, one of the things that they found that Saul was somebody that could come in and sing beautiful songs to them. So David had a dual role. He took care of the sheep, and he went and sang to Saul. Uh, he went to church <laughs> and praised and worshiped, and Saul was comforted with that. So anyway, uh, let me get back to where I was at. Well, going on these little side trips will be forever here. Uh, and David rose early in the morning and left uh, the sheep with a keeper, and took the provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp uh, encampment as the host uh, was going out to the battle line and shouting their cry. So David's up early in the morning. He's taking the cheese and crackers to, to his brothers. And as he gets there, the guys are forming battle lines every morning. You know, they get out there and they're going, this is going to be the, uh, you know, I'm thinking, this will be the day that I'm going to go out and I'm going to smack that guy. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to get him good. <laughs> but uh, he comes in and David, so I'm sure David gets excited because he's seeing what's going on. So, so it says that, uh, uh, and Israel and the Philistines drew up the, uh, for battle uh, army against army, and David left the things in uh, the charge of the keeper uh, of the bags, and he ran to the ranks. When he greeted his brothers, he asked, or he talked with them, and uh, behold, the champion of the Philistines of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks. This is the first time David, I think, has seen this guy. So said that he came up out of the ranks and he spoke. And he gave the, this same proclamation that he'd been giving again and again. And David, it says, and at the end of verse 23, it says, and David heard it. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man fled from him, and were much afraid. This term, much afraid, in, in the Hebrew goes deeper than just being afraid. This is a term uh, that uh, if you, uh, in fact, in the New King James uh, Version, it says dreadfully afraid. Uh, it is an interesting Hebrew term or word uh, that can also be used as the fear of the Lord. Let that sink in. So they were, they were much afraid or they were dreadfully afraid. They had the fear, in the terms of, of the Hebrew language, they had the fear of the Lord. These men should be fearing the Lord, but they are fearing Goliath instead. They are taking something that should be reserved for God and applying it to a man, uh, giving him honor that is not due him. They had misplaced fear. Uh, what a terrible thing to be ensnared by the fear of man. 
and awe of a man. But yet, here they are. They're, they're, uh, they said they're, they're fearing this guy. Uh, verse 25, it says, And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who comes up? Uh, they're saying, David, do you see this guy? Do you see how big he is? Do you think I'm going up against this? Come here, Herb. Come here for a minute. Herb's a, Herb's a big boy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I might make five, six. Might. And, and Herb, I would tell you, have you seen this guy? I don't know that I would get in a fight with this guy. Look, look at the size of his fist. Look, look at that. Herb's a big boy. I'm not going to pick a fight with Herb. I might get a verbal fight with Herb, but I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to pick a. You can sit down, Herb. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not picking a fight with this guy. Uh, but can you imagine this to this? I'm not picking a fight with him. And so they're saying, hey, you see this guy? I'm, they're, they're already beginning. What is that doing? It says, uh, have you seen the man who is coming up? They're giving respect. They're fearful. They're actually stand uh, in uh, honor and awe of this guy's size and might. It's only due to God. It's not due to man. Surely he has come up to defy Israel and the king will, now get this, the fear is so, so much that it says the king will enrich. So otherwise the king's saying, uh, not me. Not me. Saul, what do we read about Saul? said he stands head and shoulders above all men in Israel. Saul's not a, uh, you know, a slug. He's not a little guy. Saul's a big guy. Head and shoulders. Foot. 16 inches, somewhere in that area, whatever. You got a long neck like her? No. <laughs> 16 inches. If you got a short one like me, maybe a foot. They, they, they called my brother, uh, and he and I are, are very much alike in build. They used to call him No Nick Weaver in the, in the Marine Corps. So that's me. I'm, I'm No Nick Weaver. So I don't have one. Uh, in fact, uh, Justin, he will decide to, to, to get after me sometimes, and, and he can't find a neck to get a headlock on. So, <laughs> Holy moly. Uh, <laughs> so listen, so Saul is not going out. See, he, he comes out, and Saul says, I'm not going out to fight this guy. You go out and fight. Pick somebody. Pick Herb. Herb will go. <laughs> Pick, where's Pastor Cliff? Pick Pastor Cliff. He's tough. He'll go out and get him. Um, but yet, instead of going out and fighting that battle, wouldn't it be great if ever there was a war that the leaders of the country would go out and settle it themselves? Take to the battlefield and fight it themselves. Let blood be shed by the blood of two old men rather than, than the, the youth of our, our nation. Uh, but uh, Saul saying, not me, not me, I'm not doing that. Uh, in fact, he said, I'm not doing that so much so that if you can find somebody, I'll give them lots of money. So you're never going to have to worry about money again. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, not to have to worry about whether you have two nickels to rub together. And he said, not only that, have you seen my daughter? She's a looker. 
<laughs> She's hot stuff. And guess what? I'll give her to you. She's all yours. You guys can get married and go live happily ever after. He said, not only that, I'll give you one more thing. He says, even your father's household, what does that mean? All of your family will live free in Israel. That means that they'll live tax-free. They'll no longer be taxed for what they have. That's quite a haul. But you don't see anybody jumping to, to go out there to fight. This guy was big. Let me tell you, there's fear in the camp. Verse 26, David said to the men who stood by him, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and take away the reproach of Israel? This is my favorite part of a verse in the entire Bible. Just, I mean, I just have all, the first time I read that, I'm thinking, this is awesome. Listen to what he just said about this guy. He said, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this uncovenanted, if that's a word? Um, who is this man without a covenant between him and God? Who is he to defy the armies of the living God? Now, David was no more than, uh, no younger than, say, 15, no more than 18, 19. Some, so David was a teenager mid-teens and he came in and they stood there you know little David and he's ready to take on the battle because David understood what needed to be done uh, and the people answered him in the same way so shall it be done to uh, the man who kills him uh, listen when you decide to take on the battle when you finally decide to, to fight back and, and take back the ground that's being taken from you. Hear me. When you decide to take back that ground, there are going to be those that are going to come to you. And they're going to be friends. And they're going to be family. And they're going to be acquaintances. They might even be your place of work. Saying, you can't do that. You can't do it. Well, who do you think you are? His eldest brother said, why have you come down? That's the first thing that came out. He didn't say, oh, David, I'm so glad to see you. I've missed you. I haven't seen you in 40 days. That's my brother. Yeah, I'd love to see my brother. My brother lives out in Michigan, and if I could see him, uh, I, I'd uh, run up and I'd give him a big hug around his big burly neck, and, and uh, I'd kiss him on the cheek and tell him how much I loved him. But not, uh, not uh, David's brother said that he, first thing out of his mouth, why do you come down here? And he says, uh, goes on and says, and with whom have you left the sheep? So the first thing he says is, why are you here? And what did you do with the sheep at home? Are you, uh, why aren't you at home taking care of what needs to be taken? So automatically there becomes an accusation. There's got to be something wrong. You're, you're doing everything wrong. You can't do that. And uh, it goes on and he says, and I know who you are in your spirit. I know, I know the, the, the evil person that you are. Well, maybe he did. But he didn't know the spirit of God. And it says that in verse 30, it says, And he turned, David, turned away from him towards another and spoke in the same way. 
And the people answered him again as before. Listen, David didn't allow that to discourage. When it comes time to take back the ground, you cannot let the naysayers take away from you what God has begun to show and what God has begun to grow in your life. You have to stand firm in faith believing. And so they repeated it again. David turned away. He said, I'm not listening to you anymore, man. You know, I'm going over here. At least these guys, they may not want to go out and fight the battle, but at least these guys are listening. So David said to, oh, well, verse 31, it says, And when the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them to Saul, and he sent, him, or sent for him. Uh, verse 32, it says, And David said to Saul, let, little fellow now, little, little David, short like me, I bring Ryan up, but I know that he's Ryan's ensconced with his in his seat with his lovely wife. I'm not going to call you, Ryan. The only reason I would call Ryan up is because I know Ryan is shorter than me. There's not a lot of guys shorter than me, but Ryan is. <laughs> I'm telling on you, Ryan. I'm telling. On. Uh, short little Dave, little David. He comes into the king. Now this guy is, is head and shoulders. Now again, Mike Weaver, Garrett Lear, you know, type of deal. Not the giant giant, but huge, big. He comes in before him and he stands in boldness and says, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. He didn't even say that, he even, say that he was going to go and win. He just said, I'm going to go and fight with this guy. Nobody else is doing it. Everybody else is gathering a line and everybody else is going, Ooga booga booga. Be afraid. And David said, I'm going out and fight with this guy. I'm going to go out there and bust him one on his lip. I'm not afraid of him. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant, uh, so number two, says, Faith builds upon faith. Get that. Faith builds upon faith. So David began to rehearse his faith. Get, get what it says here. David begins to, to recall his, what what's God, the, the God of faith, the, the God of the universe has done for him. Verse 34 says, And David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when he, there came a lion or a bear, he took the lamb and took the lamb from the flock. I went after him, little David. Can you imagine? Uh, I've been out in the woods with the bears. <laughs> uh, I, I've, uh, for for fear of all those that would be upset for me to say that that I shot one. I I harvested. <laughs> I I never shoot anything that I don't take to my table. So. Uh, but I, I harvested one of these things. These are big. I mean, I shot small ones. Uh, I, I got one that was 350 pounds. That's a big bear. But even a lion, it says, a lion can go what, four, 500 pounds? Maybe a little more? Little David, little Mikey, said, said, uh, said I went after him, and I struck him with my stick. Every, every good sheep herder 
Every good walker carries a stick. Might not be much of a stick, but it's a stick that's tested and tried by that, uh, by that sheep herder, by that man. This is a good stick. I use it all the time. Uh, I, I will tell you, I have a deathly fear of dogs. Anybody know that? I know Gail does. I'm scared to death of most dogs. Uh, I'm, I'm just a sissy. Come on now. Just a sissy at heart. I, I, I got dragged off uh, a bicycle at the age of about six by a, by a bulldog. And it affected me to the point to where even to this day, uh, dogs uh, terrify me. Big dogs especially. Uh, Rottweilers, pit bulls, uh, shepherds, except for Bobby shepherds. Bobby shepherds are pussycats. Uh, but the, I'm afraid of dogs, so I carry a stick with me. And usually you can just fend them off. If they get a hold of a stick, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Oh, don't eat me. <laughs> so, said, uh, he goes after him and deliver him out of the mouth. Out of its mouth, he struck him with his stick. And, of course, you know, you wrap something with it up behind the head and, and uh, it's running away. It's going to turn and look. And if it sees that it's something smaller, it's going to let go of what it's got a hold of and it's going to come after you. said, and if he arose against me, said, I caught him by his beard. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I caught him by his beard. And it said, I basically, I began to strike him until he was dead. I killed him with my stick. David's rehearsing what God has done. It wasn't in David's strength and might. It was because God had placed him into this position and, and gave him a, a, a authority, if you will, to strike down that which was coming. I can see right now I'm either going to have to rush or we're going to have to quit because um, I'm not even anywhere near close to where we need to be. Uh, but it said that he, that he struck him with a stick and he killed him. And your servant has Struck down both lions and bears. So, you know, a 350-pound bear, a 500-pound lion didn't make any difference to David. He clubbed him to death. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't even go after a bear with a baseball bat. Never mind a stick, but David did. He says, uh, your servant has struck down both lion and bear and this uncircumcised, there we go again, this uncircumcised Philistine, this man that does not have a covenant with the great God of this universe, this Philistine shall be one of them, for he has defied the armies, not of Saul, which is what, uh, which is what uh, Goliath said, you know, oh, the armies of Saul. No, the armies of the living God. They didn't know who they were messing with. Goliath didn't know who he was messing with. Verse 37, and David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paws of the lion and from the paws uh, of the bear will deliver me from the hands of the Philistine." And Saul said to him, well, if you feel that way about it, just go. <laughs> but is Ellie, is Ellie available? Can anybody grab Ellie, Miss Eleanor? I, 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 I like visuals. Uh, I, I, I was in a church service once, and, and they were preaching about Elijah and Elisha. And a lot of sermons are they're good. But in this brain, they kind of go, you know, in and out. Uh, and so visuals help. 
And so they were preaching about Elijah and Elisha, and they were talking about Elijah being called. Come up here, kid. Right up here with me. Have a seat right there. Uh, so um, I, I tried to get uh, I, I tried to get uh, Everett to, to come up, and Everett said, nah, I don't want to do that. And so Ellie said, I will. <laughs> so we're not going to pretend that Ellie's a boy. We're just going to pretend that she's a woman with no fear. Yes. Amen. <laughs> uh, so this, this preacher reached around and grabbed somebody's jacket off the back of the, of, the, of the chair and flung it up in the air at the same time she's talking, if you see my cloak coming down, then you'll receive that double portion when it falls upon you. And that stuck with me. I mean, I, I can see her throwing that in the air, and I can see the excitement building within me that, yes, I want a double portion. So, um, Miss Ellie... Stand right up here. Rob, would you come up here? I think Rob's probably the tallest guy. Maybe he's not, but, uh, but uh, he's, if he's not, he's probably pretty close. So, so Saul, in, in the verse, said, uh, I, I know you can't go fight this battle. You know, uh, you're just not ready for this. But because you're going out there, at least take my armor. <laughs> just, just so you know what? Branch of the service, I'm uh, partial to. <laughs> and take my coat of mail. I used to have a sword, but I, I don't have one right now. But uh, that's, that's kind of what it looked like. Uh, here's, here's David, and, and uh, David's ready for battle. And here's, uh, he, he, here's uh, Saul standing along. I mean, grasp that picture, if you will. And, and said... Marching around, I I don't. Well, I'll, thank you guys. You can sit down. I honestly don't think that uh, that David could have even sat down. Thank you, sweetheart. I love you. Um, I don't think David could have even walked with this. In fact, David said, "This is untested. I haven't even tried this stuff on." Number three, use what God has given you to fight the battle with. Now, took it off, said he took it off. See, Saul, and if you think about this, in just the, the, in the realm that I'm talking about right now, Saul tried to put on, really, his fears upon David. Said, take this. It'll, it'll, it'll. You know, I'm afraid. But if you put this on, maybe it'll help. You know, he he was putting on David uh, his fears, untested stuff, especially for David. Uh, and David said, No, I can't do that. He peeled this stuff off. You know, all this junk falling all over, the, tinkling on the floor. You know, helmets and uh, you know, whatever. Um, put this stuff on. Didn't work. David said, I'm going to take what what I know. Anybody know what that is? That's a sling. Now, when we were kids, we all made one out of, you know, tree branch and, and an inner tube, you know, and, and uh, it would shoot across the driveway, uh, maybe, uh, uh, or if you have, were really good at it, some poor innocent little bird might have uh, uh, felt your, uh, your attack upon it or some squirrel, you know. I, I know I'm being awful this morning, aren't I? I, I was going to swing this thing, but I don't trust myself. You see that rock? <laughs> 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 I, 
You want to thank me because I was testing this in the yard, and I, and I hit the house, and I hit a window. Uh, I, I didn't break it there. <laughs> there. There's no cracks in the window. <laughs> and, and finally, I got to the point where I could let it go, and the rock was going across the pond. I wasn't very far, I mean, but I was throwing a rock, uh, you know, a couple of hundred feet. Uh, but you know that the shepherds that use this, and, and some of them are still, they still use this at times in, in Israel, uh, said that, uh, that they used a, what they called a, a sling stone. It wasn't a little marble, but it was something about the size of a cue ball. So it was big. And they could get this thing wound up, get it going and let go, and it says that this thing will fly at speeds of up to 150 miles an hour and go anywhere from... Uh, uh, 200 to 250 yards or so. I mean, that's how hard they can throw this thing. This thing has got some power. And they are deadly accurate, unlike me. They are deadly. I can't tell you how many times I dinged the car uh, at the house when I was a kid with one of those things. Uh, uh, he, so he picked up his sling. He went down to the river, to the brook there, and he picked up five stones, uh, and he took his stick in his hand, and he went out to meet Goliath. Now, I'm not going to read uh, the rest. of. I, there's a lot of stuff here, guys, but I really would like to kind of get to a conclusion with this, and we're running out of time fast. But he, he picked up his stick and his sling, and he went out to face the giant. D Goliath came out and saw David standing there, and the first thing out of his mouth, he said, what am I, a dog? Now, that, that sounds pretty bad, I mean, but yet, you know, somebody call you a dog. Not that big a deal. But in the original Hebrew language, it really meant, what am I, a male prostitute? I mean, this was, he, he, wasn't being, uh, he wasn't being polite with David. He wasn't being kind to David. He wasn't calling David a dog. He was saying, hey, you know, what am I? Send this little boy out to meet me. And so he threatened David. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. And David said to him, uh, Listen, when, when it comes to smack talk, David was good at it. This, this guy's, you know, I said, I'm going to tear you apart, and I'm going to just feed you to the birds. David looked right at him, no fear. And, and, and get this, uh, from verse um, forty. Five to 47, there's something that happens. It says, and David said to this Philistine, uh, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. But, number one, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Number two, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Verse 46 this day, number three, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Uh, David knows how to smack talk. And I will give uh, the, not just his body, but it said, and I will give the dead bodies of the hosts of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the field that all the earth may know, number four, may know that there is a God in Israel. 
verse 47, and it says, and, there, uh, and that all this assembly may know that, number five, the Lord saves uh, not with sword and spear. Number six, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hands. Six times. Philistine came out and, and, uh, and cursed David, cursed the armies of God. But six times, what did David do? He invoked the name of the Lord. He invoked the Savior of the universe. He invoked God Almighty to come down in His power and His might. He didn't stand on His own. He didn't stand on a stick that he had in his hand or a sling that he, that he was skillfully able to use. Uh, those were just things that were at his disposal if he needed them. What did he need? He needed God Almighty to fight his battle. Verse 48, it says, When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, so now the Philistine, you know, he's heard all of this, now he's angry. Who is this little guy, you know, this little runt that challenged me like this? So he said he'd get up and started to come before, and get this now, it wasn't just Goliath. This guy, really, if you think about it, must have been a sissy. Why? Because he had a shield bearer. Not only did he come, but he had a shield bearer that came with me with him. I've done a little bit of research on shields and stuff, and so I really don't know what kind of shield that this shield bearer bore. I'm, I'm sure that uh, my Bible scholar friend over there might know. Uh, but there were a lot of different types of shields used at the time. And a lot of times a shield bearer was used for what they called a, a full shield. So it wasn't something that you just on your arm and to keep away the enemy. It was something that took both hands to carry because it covered them from head to foot and that he, the, the soldier could walk behind and, and be a, uh, free from the, the, the fiery darts <laughs> of the enemy. So uh, it wasn't just a little thing. So this guy came and, and he's protecting Goliath. So he didn't come by himself. But what happened? So he comes down, the shield bearer comes down, and he's coming down to battle. It says, I, it says David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet this Philistine. David ran quickly. I saw uh, online somewhere on um, Georgia. Ha! No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Georgia is, 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 a, is a, a black belt, what, four times over, five times over? Nine times, what, three? George, needless to say, she can kick my butt. <laughs> so, ha! <laughs> David, well I, well, I guess I get to the story that I was telling. I, I was watching this demonstration of these two guys, and, the, and the, really what they were showing is how to fend off an attack. And so there's two guys, kind of equal stature, and one guy's coming at a guy with, with a club or a stick, and the other guy, instead of backing off, which is what I do, I'd run. But I guess in, in the lesson that he was teaching was that sometimes you're too close to run away, so uh, what do you do? You either freeze or you, or, or you fight. And so the, this guy, uh, come here, Herb. <laughs> Grab Herb again. Herb's going to hate me by the time we're done here. <laughs> This guy, pretend you got a club in your hand, you're coming at me. So this guy came in 
as he's doing that, he's doing this in and here. So he, he came in and he rushed into this guy. Instead of this guy having a chance to swing on him, because if, if you realize what's happened, if I'm out here, I'm going to be able to give Herb a good rap. But if, if I'm in here, how can I use that little stick to, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Herb. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, you know, so David understood this principle, uh, at least in my mind, that you, you, you don't stand back and run. You run into it, get as close as possible, and do as much damage as possible. So said David ran into this guy, and his sling a whirling, his stick in his hand. It said he let that rock fly, and when it did, it struck him in the head so hard that it said it caved his head in. And he didn't, most of us would think, you know, backwards, you know. Um, I watched, I watched poor Elijah uh, Friday night. He, he was tearing down at, at his grandmother's house. There, there's a little downslope uh, uh, going into their cellar. And he went tearing down in there, and he caught his toe on a rock or something, and he did a digger. Uh, when he got up, he had the coolest mustache. <laughs> no! <laughs> Face plan. And that's what this guy did. Struck him in the head, instead of knocking it backwards, he fell forward. Face plan. Said, and David came up to him and took his sword and took, not David's sword, he took Goliath's sword and said, and he finished him. He killed him. And then he took that sword and cut off his head just to show that David knew how to get ahead. <laughs> oh. That's as, uh, that's as good a joke as you're going to get today. <laughs> so David killed this guy. And at that point, we see that the rest of the army rose up. Now that David's done the deed, now the scary guy is gone, now that the fear has been defeated, the rest of them rose up and began to chase after the Philistines. That's, the, that, that's where the lie came in. Remember when I said uh, that... Uh, that Goliath said, you know, we'll be your servants. Lie, 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 lie. They weren't servants. They were runners. They weren't going to stay around and wait for Israel to, to take charge over them. They began to run, and they went after them and defeated them. And when they came back, said they took the things in the Philistines' camp. Listen. We need to be a people that are on the attack and realize the power that God has given to us, the authority that God has given to us, that same power that brought you out from a death's door to salvation is the same power that is within you today to win the battle. That same power that has lifted you up and healed you is that same power today that will give you victory over the battle. That same power that brings in fear and trembling before you. Uh, let me tell you, the power of God is greater than all. Amen. It's time that we begin to take back the ground. It's not the enemy's ground. It's not the enemy's mind. It's not the enemy's home. It's not the enemy's children. It's ours. And it's God Almighty's. And if you'll allow Him, you can take back the ground. This little boy took back the ground. Let me conclude with this. This verse probably covers this story. Uh, about David and Goliath the best it possibly could. In the, in the Amplified edition of the Bible, the classic Amplified, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4, it says, 
before we walk or live in the flesh, we are not carrying are carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and use mere human weapons. Listen, uh, we could use whatever's God or, or whatever has been provided you in your home, you know, uh, um, whatever weapon is given to you to fight the battle, but that's not what we fight. We're, we're not fighting this thing in the flesh. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical. It's not a stick. It's not a rock. I'm pretty good with a rock. I mean, just if I'm throwing it, I probably could bean you. <laughs> but it's not a rock. It's not a sling. It's not a fancy jacket with a Coast Guard emblem on the back of it. Uh, it's not the tanks and guns uh, uh, that the, the men of war amassed to go against one another. It's not flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen, I asked you in the beginning, did you carry a paper Bible? Did you carry a... a I, I, I keep telling my wife, and I really am, I'm going to get back to carrying my paper Bible because it's in my hands and I can take notes on it. Worship team. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It's rock solid. It's rock solid. It's there. It's true. It's not a lie. If we stand on the Word of God, listen, feed yourself. Feed yourself. Feed yourself. Put it into you. Uh, faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. If you need to read out loud to yourself, read out loud to yourself. If you've got, uh, like my precious brother here does, he has, a, he has the Bible on, on, uh, on um, tape or whatever it is and says he listens to it every morning. I don't care how you do this. Dig into the Word. Sure, pray. Pray, 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 pray. You need that. Seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, if so, you know, speak in tongues. Jump up and down and stand in faith. But let me tell you, it all begins in the Word. It all begins in the Word. There's fear in the camp. There's fear in the camp. And today, we're going to take back that ground. If you're battling with fear, if you're battling with struggles in your life, I don't care if they're physical, emotional, or, or everything in between. If you're struggling with that, uh, as the worship team sings this last song, I'd like you to come forward. And I don't want to have a long time of prayer uh, uh, over everybody, but I want to, anyone that wants to come forward, I'd like you to come forward. I want to anoint you with oil. And we're going to take back the ground.
It's time. It's time. It's time. Take back the ground. The enemy can't have this ground anymore. Worship team. So if you feel that, that there's a need and that you need to take back some ground, come forward now, and I want to anoint and pray for you. Thank you, Jesus.